Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to Southern California Live for hour two of our Monday edition. I'm Scott Furrow, your your gas station analyst to try to help you get the cheapest gas in uh, California. We're trying not to have too much too much uh, of silliness on our program today, but uh, we just spent an hour talking about gas prices and how that affects us and the world. And uh, this hour, we're going to talk about some more serious things. Our guest, Dr. Uh, I don't know if he's Dr. Pastor Philip DeCourcy. I just gave him an honorary degree if he's not, but uh, we'll, we'll ask him about that, or maybe we won't. He'll be with us here in just a moment. And we want to talk about some serious things here in the world today as we take a look at all the crazy stuff that is going on. You know, we, we talk about gas prices, and it affects us, and it affects our lives um, we talked to people in the last hour where it's affecting their job, it's affecting uh, their sleep, but lots of different things. But right now, there are people losing their lives. Right now, we are living in a world where I think some of the things, and I don't want to say that your personal struggles are, are, are not worth thinking about, but we do get a perspective on things. When we take a look at the things we're, we're dealing with in this country uh, and we're worried about what people's pronouns are and uh, gender stuff and weird things in politics. And now we're seeing what war really is. There are people who used to say that war is obsolete. Remember that crowd? And uh, we're just not going to go to war. War is always going to be with us. We know that biblically speaking, because one of the things Jesus tells us is that there's going to be wars and there's going to be rumors of wars and that's going to happen. And uh, that's part of the fallen nature of man. That's who we are. Well, what do we do in the world that we live in now? Is it shocking to you? Are you having a hard time adjusting to how things have changed so much? We're coming up on two years, almost two years since the shutdowns happened. And I was looking at a calendar of that. And I was looking at my radio show that I do uh, daily from two years ago. And what I was talking about and I was hardly even mentioning coronavirus until this week, two years ago. And then a week later, we were completely shut down and the world changed. I mean, that's how fast things suddenly come upon us. You might even say in the blink of an eye. Well, we want to talk about that this hour. And we have a special guest with us. Philip DeCourcy is the senior pastor of Kindred Community Church in Anaheim Hills and a teacher on the daily radio program, media program, Know the Truth, right here in KKLA and KPRZ. Philip, welcome to our program. Scott, thank you. It's always a delight to be with the uh, the audience at KKLA and uh, to partner with Salem Communications as they allow us to amplify the gospel throughout the country. And uh, first time with you, but it's a delight and uh, happy to do it. And by the way, I'll I'll accept the honor degree. I I, I am one of those guys. I did um, start it at Trinity Evangelical. Uh-huh. Seminary in Chicago, all but dissertation. I've fallen at the finish line, and so I've got to pick myself up and finish that someday. But if you'll give me one, I'll take it. You will. You can have it. We will give you an honorary doctorate <laughs> right here from Southern California Live, and we will also give you a copy of the Southern California Live home game for you and your family. You can play at home. <laughs> uh, so we're really glad to to have you on our program. Thank you for joining us. Hey, you know. Uh, we have been talking, of course, about what's happening in the news and how it impacts us and how fast things really change, um, and they've been impacting us. It gives people a certain bit of anxiety about what actually is true, where we're going, what kinds of things matter. What are some of your thoughts when you think about the war in Ukraine, and uh, how have you been addressing that in your ministry today? 
Yeah, I mean, the, the first thought comes to mind is, is the thought should occupy every human heart is that it's a human tragedy. Mm-hmm. As we watch, uh, you know, the news of flattened cities and and people are running for their lives and the loss of life, it, it, it's tragic. I mean, it's been well said that war is hell, mm-hmm. and and those that that want it have have never been in it. And so I think that's the first thing, and that's the first thing the nations need to address to try and help those who are, you know, fugitives from the, the, the theater of war there in Ukraine and, and help them. Um, and, and uh, we, you know, I know at our church we've, we've uh, addressed that, and they're trying to partner with Christian organizations in Romania and Ukraine, and I, I know that many people throughout the United States are doing that. This is a generous and gracious nation, and yes. I hope that we are just one nation among many trying to help, uh, help people. Um, you know, it's a political wake-up uh, for us in the United States and the West, how, how we got here. Uh, and, and, you know, the environmentalists got us into this war. Moral passivity got us into this war. Russian aggression, imperialism certainly got us into this war. And so, you know, I'll, I'll let wiser and, and, and smarter men than me pull all of that apart. But it's interesting, Scott, just yesterday I interviewed a, a young couple in our church, uh, um, one in Christ, and yet he's a R- Russian and she's a Ukrainian. And he brought a perspective I thought, what was worth just thinking about to the spiritual dimension of it is the human tragedy, yeah. there's the political international implications of all of this, which you're dealing with with gas and oil and and uh, what what the West can do to impede Putin. But but he reminded us, you know, uh, the Book of Job chapter one reminds us when when we get behind the headlines and we get behind what the physical eye can see, there's a spiritual war going on. Yes. And, and Dimitri reminded us of that. In fact, he gave us an insight, Scott, I thought's worth sharing with your listeners, that, you know, in, in recent years, even though we have touted for, we, we thought maybe Russia was coming out into a, into a better day and leaving behind communism and, and political restrictions and, and censorship. But in, in the last number of years under Putin, I mean, really, Russia has shut the gospel out. It's yes. hard for missionaries to get in, and, and, and we were reminded yesterday, but that's not true of Ukraine. Ukraine right. was a free country. The gospel was prospering. And, and, and it's not beyond the realm of imagination to believe there's, there's a spiritual aspect to this war, spiritual warfare, uh, where, where not only police, people are collateral damage, but gospel freedoms and human yes. freedoms are lost. And I just thought that was an interesting insight that I that I need to, to, to bear in mind. And yet, on the other side of this, I saw this in Northern Ireland when the, the conflict there, I spent some time in the security forces. It's amazing in the darkness, in the midst of death and warfare, uh, you know, people people turn to God. It, it, it turns some people off God, but but it turns more people towards God. They're, they're, they're losing hope. Where do they find hope? Where can they find a sense of internal peace? when there's just chaos all around them. And so, uh, you know, we need to be praying uh, for for just even those who are still in Ukraine, uh, the churches that are there, um, that, that they will be a, a, a beacon of hope, um, yes. a source of light in the midst of, of, of that darkness. But it's a human tragedy. It's a political conundrum. And, and certainly we, we, we shouldn't rule out the facts, God. It's spiritual warfare. Yes. I think that's something good for us to 
as believers that we need to keep that in mind, that spiritual warfare is real. We are warned about it repeatedly in Scripture, and uh, I finished the last segment by talking about putting on the armor of God. You know, and for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. You mentioned how Ukraine is such a has been a powerful country for the gospel. I learned that last week that they have are the largest missionary sending country in all of Europe. Mm. And uh, now that's something that's being hindered here. And uh, we shouldn't be mistaken. Some pe- I've heard some people talk about, you know, maybe Putin is opening up Russia to the gospel and other stuff. He is not. That's just not a true no. true statement at all. Um, no, I've interacted with several mission agencies where we support uh, someone through um, uh, uh, crew uh, with yeah. the Jesus film. And, uh, you know, in my interactions with, with him and with others in, in recent years, the, the shutters are coming down. Um, and, uh, you know, um, if anything, you, you know, the, the state church is, is being elevated, um, because it's in the pocket of, of the powerful and, right. uh, evangelical and free churches are, are, uh, under scrutiny. And, um, you know, again, that point is, is not to be missed. Um, you know, that the evil one is a liar and he's a murderer. Yes. Um, and the human heart is swift to shed blood. And when you've got, the flesh, the world, and the devil um, in alliance. War is the result, and and certainly um, there, there can be a spiritual warfare dimension even in the in in, in the macro uh, arena of politics and history that that seeks to disrupt redemptive history. I mean, I think we've got to keep that that those parallel those parallel worlds. You know, there's yes. history that's unfolding, um, man, governments. Uh, there'll be war, there'll be peace, there'll be prosperity, there'll be poverty, so on and so forth. But uh, you know, Scott, as a pastor and as a biblicist, that there's redemptive history, the history of, of God redeeming Israel, the history mm-hmm. of God redeeming the church in this church age. Um, history is his story. And and uh, so uh, when we look at history, at times, uh, myself included, we get caught up, right? Yeah. And, and what's under our nose and what's before our eyes, the headlines, the politics, national issues. But I want to keep reminding myself, I, I belong to another kingdom, an eternal kingdom, an unshakable kingdom, uh, that will triumph and yet uh, will, will, will um, face opposition, face disruption. And certainly as the last days unfold, um, darkness, demonic activity, falsehood, um, political overreach, um, it, it, it's going to multiply and it's going to mushroom. And, and again, we, may, we may, be, may be seeing some of that today. Yeah, you know, I think that uh, a lot of people are thinking that. And, you know, from my perspective, when I look at, I'm a historian, that was my major in college, and I love history, and I get into it. And I, I look at what the church is doing. Uh, it's an amazing thing to go back in time and read old sermons and what people were preaching at different times. And whenever things are difficult, people start wondering, is this, are these the last days? And people have some different ideas about that. But we've been hearing last days now for a couple of years. And this is the first time when I'm looking at it going, well, you know, it's really hard to say this is not. Uh, when Hitler was on the scenes, like, well, there's no Israel. And if there's got to be an Israel and a temple and you start to wonder about that, well, today we have all of that. And something that we have seen today is that 
the idea that there could be an Antichrist who actually has the power to turn you off economically if you don't play the game, if you do not worship him. That's possible. We've all seen that. And you've been, you were recently speaking at a prophecy conference. And what was the idea there when uh, we think about what's going on in the world today? What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just returned from it. It was in uh, Edmond City in Oklahoma. Um, it was organized by a dear friend of mine, Dr. Mark Hitchcock, who's written 25 books on prophecy, teaches at Dallas Theological Seminary. I think he's one of the premier premillennial theologians of our time. And he put this on. It was myself, Mark, Jeff Kinley, uh, Jack Hibbs here in Chino Hills, mm-hmm. and uh, from Israel, Amir Safardi. And, and, you know, Jack Hibbs said something that has kind of stayed with me. Um, you know, Jesus talks about the last days, and, and to some degree, we've been in the last days from the moment Jesus arrived. Just right. broadly speaking, the last days started with Jesus' birth and will we'll end with Jesus' return. So there's that broad sense that, you know, Hebrews 1, uh, God has spoken in these last days by his Son. Uh, but, but yet John um, talks about the last hour, and, and Jack kind of humorously and yet seriously made, well, we're in the last days, we may be in the last hour, and we may be in the last moments. Um, because there's the last days of the last days, and Jesus, you know, gave us uh, um, a description in the, in the Olivet Discourse of, of the times and the seasons and the events that will unfold, uh, that, that, that will bump up against his return in power and glory. And so, you know, we, we sought to address that issue at the conference. Now, we, we were of the conviction, uh, not all Christians agree, and uh, we yeah. can agree to disagree. It's my, it's my belief that the blessed hope for the Church is the pre-tribulational rapture, the catching away, First Thessalonians 4. And that is without signs, that's imminent, hmm. and, and um, can happen at any moment. Um, yet, yet Mark Hitchcock said something I want to share with your audience, Scott. You know, the rapture won't take place in a vacuum. Because right. following the rapture, um, we have a period of seven years, tribulation and great tribulation. That's what I believe the Olivet Discourse is addressing about, uh, you know, birth pangs and, and wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes and famines. And, and then you get into the book of Revelation, Revelation 4 to 19. We have the trumpets and the, and, and, and the vials of God's judgment being poured out on the world. And, and um, we, we know from our study of prophetic scripture, that will involve um, globalism, that will involve Israel in the land, uh, and Jerusalem as her capital, that will involve um, eastern powers, it will involve uh, ultimately an invasion of Israel from the north with an alliance of nations that we believe will include Turkey and Iran and Persia and, and Russia. Um, you know, we... we, we we know from prophetic scriptures about the idea of, you know, some commercial system that, that can so easily lock you out. Um, there'll be panic, there'll be fear, there will be a spirit of lawlessness. Yes. Um, in fact, there may be an interpretation of the falling away in Second Thessalonians as a word that means rebellion. The last days will be marked by rebellion, not only... Mm-hmm compromise in, 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 the, in, in the professing church, but, but rebellion in society, you'll see a reemergence and a renaissance of Europe. So my point is this, uh, I, I don't want to pontificate, but <laughs> since the rupture is signless, 
But it won't happen in a vacuum because many things will, if not immediately, very soon after the rapture, begin to take shape. The thing that struck us, and, and different speakers addressed it, uh, Jack Hibbs spoke about when you see, Jeff Kinley spoke about global reset, Mark Hitchcock spoke about tracing the bear or the rise of Russia. All the players, Scott, are, are at least in outline and in silhouette. They're all on the world stage. That's right. And, and so I've, I've always guarded my heart because uh, I lived long enough I'm 60 years of age, and I've watched prophetic teachers get egg on their face. Uh Um, And they've connected dots, and they've cried wolf, and it hasn't served us. On the other hand, and and you may want to come back to me on this, we've gone to the other extreme. So many churches are not speaking about prophecy. So many churches are not looking out on the world and, and the seismic changes that are going on with the global reset, what we saw government overreach, people's fear, the giving up of their rights under the pandemic. It's all stage setting. In fact, one of the one of the speakers used a phrase that has stayed with me, and we are watching a prophetic shift of gears. I uh-huh. believe that. I'm not going to say, you know, Jesus is, 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 is coming back tomorrow. He might. But, but I know this. He can come back at any moment for the church. And, and the world you and I are living in and watching on a daily basis is a world not a world away from what we find in prophetic scripture. And we can come back to this in a moment. Then what we, what what ought we to be doing, Scott, as believers in the midst of it? I have some thoughts about that. Yeah, I think we should talk about that. That's a great phrase there that, uh, what'd you say, it is a shifting of the gears prophetically, a prophetical shifting of the gears. Is that what uh, you right. said? And I think people feel this. I, I feel like you're right that we don't talk about it enough. I've been, I just went through Revelation with the Bible study, and I've been encouraging people to just read the book. Just, you won't understand all of it, but you will get the point. Right. And the, the amazing thing about it, when you just read it, there's nothing in it that comes across as, well, that's not possible, uh, unless you just want to reject the whole thing. But if you accept that there is a God and that, Jesus is the Savior, and that he rose again from the grave. And you read that from the context of what it says to the churches in the first three chapters and how it defines so many things that churches struggle with. And Jesus is concerned about the mission that we have now. He's addressing the churches. But then it talks about the end times. There's nothing that says that couldn't happen soon in our world today. I love that idea. I think that's fine on. That's what we're talking about. The, The shape of the world, its contours match. I mean, yes. uh, from a boy growing up in Belfast, I mean, um, prophetic preachers have been talking about this, and, and, and now we're seeing it. I mean, yeah. um, you know, I want to defend my premillennialism from, from an exegesis of Scripture, but empirically, um, what, what prophetic teachers of the premillennial camp have been teaching for years, if not for decades, um, has, has taken shape. Israel is back in the land. Yes. We've got a re-emerging uh, Roman Empire. Uh, we, we, have, we have watched, um, you know, Russia rise. We, we see Chinese power. Should that connect with the, the armies that will come from the east? The cashless society. We're, mm-hmm. we're revisiting the days of, of, of Lot and Noah morally and materially. It, it, it's all there. And, I, I, you know, I just got to get, we've got to get our giddy up spiritually. Yeah. Yep. And, and live um, in the light of, of Jesus' near return. 
I think we do. You're right. When we come back from the break, let's talk about that. I think that one of the reasons we don't talk about it enough is because sometimes we have in the church tried to connect the dots and then we get the egg on our face and then everyone's afraid of being wrong about that and being discredited. But that's a mistake, especially in the time that we, we live in now. And what is it that we are called to be as believers? So we'll talk about that here in just a minute. You're listening to Southern California Live. My guest is Philip DeCourcy, and he is the pastor of Kindred Community Church in Anaheim Hills, and he is a teacher on the daily media program Know the Truth right here on KKLA and KPRZ. And uh, we will be back here in just a minute. I'm Scott Furrow on your Monday edition of Southern California Live. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody, to Southern California Live. Scott Furrow with you today on this Monday edition of our program. And our guest today is Philip DeCourcy. He's the senior pastor of Kindred Community Church in Anaheim Hills. And you hear him daily on this station, KKLA and KPRZ, on the Know the Truth program. And uh, we've been talking about the world today and uh, prophecy and how the lines are drawn, how there are so many things pointing to uh, what the scriptures say is going to happen. And uh, Philip, I want to talk about as we, we move forward, the call that we have of believers and the call that we have for the truth. And I want to get to that here in just a second. But for maybe some of our listeners who, who don't know you, who are just being introduced to you today, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, about your family. Uh, you've got, uh, you're married, you have three three daughters and your grandparents. Is that right? That's exactly right. Um Hopefully by the accent that hasn't been so diluted by living here since 1994. I wasn't born here, grew up in Belfast in Northern Ireland, came to Christ as a young man. In fact, the Lord used a, a verse about prophecy, Scott, to bring me to faith. Uh, Matthew 24:44. be ready um, uh, uh, for such an hour as you think not the Son of Man comes. And I'd grown up mm. in the church, knew the gospel, but I was rolling the dice. On my, on, on my eternal, uh, you know, health, and thought, hey, I'll, I'll come to Christ in, in my time, in yeah. my convenience. So I've got a little bit of sinning to do, uh, <laughs> awful thoughts. And, and yet God, in His graciousness, was patient and reminded me, hey, uh, you better come to me before my son comes back. And uh, so I uh, came to Christ, spent some time in engineering in the aerospace industry, and then was a police officer for six years, uh, during the troubles there, and then sensed the call to the ministry. Pastored mm-hmm. some Baptist churches, uh, uh, Baptist, a Baptist church in Northern Ireland. Met my wife, who's a, a bonnie lass from Scotland. We were married in Scotland, kilt and all. And uh, right. then ultimately, uh, God connected us in His providence to John MacArthur here in Los Angeles. John came and preached for me, and uh, we became friends. And he kindly invited me out to L.A. 1994, Northridge earthquake. I'm at the Shepherds Conference. I left the bombs of Belfast for the shaking of Los Angeles. But um, just introduction to to the Master's Seminary. I got a I got a taste of a, a desire for a deeper knowledge of God's Word. Came out here in '94 with three little daughters and. Um, well, it's you know, Paul Harvey says, you know, and now you know the the, the story. Uh, right. Uh, we've been here ever since, and now we have our first granddaughter, Lily, and life is good, doing better than I deserve. And I pastor a wonderful church here in Anaheim Hills, um, off Weir Canyon, 
on the 91 freeway, and God's blessing the ministry, strengthening us through his word. And um, these are challenging days, and yet, Scott, I, I, I think you'd agree with me. You know, the darker it gets, the brighter the light. I, I love the challenge of, of, of you know, um, I think John MacArthur said to several of us a while ago, this is our time. This is the day for strong men, strong ministry, strong messages, and and uh, we seek to deliver that at Kindred. And so love the partnership with uh, Salem Communications and the, the radio broadcast that we have. So um, just, just kind of live God's will for my life and, and make every day count. You know, I think many of our listeners, and myself included, have been encouraged by your ministry. And I appreciate hearing that about your call. I didn't realize you were a police officer at one point also. And, uh, you know, so many people in who are in professional ministry were in something else first and then called out of it. And, you know, we, right. we, and I was one of those people as well, we talk a lot about the call to ministry and we apply that so often to the pastorate or to being a missionary and leaving home and leaving somewhere else. But one of the things that uh, you teach on your program, you have a um, a program called Take the Call that encourages each one of us to realize that we are called into faith, that we're called into service, that we have a call. Um, let's talk about that for a minute, even as we think about this world that we're living in. What is the call that you would say every believer has? Yeah, well, just piggybacking off what you and I are talking about, prophecy, just let me kind of put yeah. a point to that. You know, I, I finished the conference in Oklahoma. I was the closer, so I had to bring the heat. And I did a message out of Second Peter 3, um, verses 14 to 18, because prophecy has got to be practical, and, 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 and eschatology's got to be ethical. And whatever you read about prophecy in the New Testament, it always ends with a therefore. Mm-hmm. You know, Second Peter 3, you know, if, if everything's going to be dissolved, if we're moving to a final moment, then what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conduct? I think it was Warren Wearsby who said, you know, God didn't give us prophecy to help us build a calendar. He gave us prophecy to help him build a character. And I, and I want the thought of the second coming to focus my life. And, and that picks up this issue of, of the call. Uh, you know, if these are the last days... Um, you know, then we're not to make any provision for the flesh. We're to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. We're, rede- we're to redeem the time and know what the will of God is. And so, yeah, I did a series uh, on, on Know the Truth, Scott called Take the Call. And, and it kind of came out of a book I'd read several years ago by Oz Guinness, The Call. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, 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 it revolutionized my life. It, it clarified some things. And he based his book on a Ephesians 4, one, you know, where Paul says, hey, walk worthy of your calling in Christ Jesus. And his point was, we all have one call, but we have many vocations. Yes. And I think when it comes to, when it comes to the call, we tend to think, well, has God called me to get married? Has God called me to be an engineer, uh, you know, a computer analyst? Has God called me to be a mother? Has God called me to leave this country and go, uh, you know, that's all part of discerning God's will for your life. Um, and, and we have different vocations, um, but we all have one call. And I wanted to explore that because I, I don't think I'm alone in this. We, I want to live on purpose, yeah. right? Death is certain. Life is short. We're talking about prophecy. Eternity is long. And so each day I get up, I want to I hit the mark. 
I, I want to know uh, what God has called me to do beyond the kind of things like fatherhood and husbandry and, and all of that. I, I want to yeah. know uh, what are the things I, I need to, to give my life to. John Calvin said, all who are ignorant of the purpose for which they live are either fools or madmen. And so what I, what I did, Scott, was I just took that word call and went through various uh, passages. Um, we just aired the series, but it's archived at ktp.org if the listeners would like to re-engage the series. You know, we're called by the gospel, 1 Thessalonians 2. We're called out of darkness, 1 Peter 2, 9. We're called to belong, Romans 1, 6. We're called to suffering, 1 Peter 2, 20 to 21. We're called to peace and reconciliation, Colossians 3.15. We're called to holiness, 1 Thessalonians 4. And we're called to remain where we are when God saves us, 1 Corinthians 7.17. I'll stop there. But the point of that is, these are, these are declarative, clear statements, Scott, in the New Testament. I don't need to get up and wonder, you know, what am I to do today? Right. Well, I'm to live out the gospel. I'm yes. to be in fellowship with Jesus Christ. I'm to belong to him and be his servant. I'm to be willing to suffer for the gospel in a, in a, in a, in a growing cancel culture that's uh, 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 you know antagonistic to the gospel. I'm called to peace. I'm called to holiness of life. And I'm called to, to be a Christian where I am. So I love the series. It resonated with them with uh, the man I first preached at in our church, because we, we all want to get up and, and we all want to, you know, whatever, we want to climb the ladder that's propped up against the right wall. Right. You know, I, I love that verse in, in Acts 13, and you jump back in here, but in Acts 13, um, I want to say it's, it's verse um, uh, 36. It says about David that he served his generation by the will of God, that phrase has stayed with me when I first read it. I, that's kind of—I wouldn't even mind that on my headstone. I, w- I wouldn't mind that as a eulogy, Scott. I wouldn't mind that as an epitaph. Philip de Corsi served his generation by the will of God, and when we study these verses on the call, it helps me know that I'm serving my generation according to God's will. We all have one call in Christ, many vocations. That makes sense. Mm, yeah, that makes perfect sense. That just resonates so well uh, with with me. I was when you thought about that in the, the tombstone, and as you were speaking, I'm thinking about this generation is looking for significance in so many of the wrong places. Like you mentioned, the ladder against the building, they climb the ladder. They're just on the wrong building when they get to the That's top right. of it. And you don't want in your tombstone, you know, so and so, you know, uh, famous TikToker. Is that really all you got? I think. I yeah, think the think, reason. Think about Saul. Think about Saul, Scott. I mean, he played the fool. Right. That's what the Bible <laughs> says about King Saul. He played the fool. Right. What a tragedy! Life is a, a precious thing. As a redeemed man, I've been bought and washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm not my own, so I got to get up and, and I got to read off God's script. Yeah. Because the world wants to fashion us into its mold, and I need to keep hearing the call to stay to stay in my lane. You know, think about Second Timothy four. Paul's dying; it's his last letter. Hey, I've I have I have fought the good fight. 
I've kept the faith. And listen to this, and I have run my course. He stayed in his lane. Paul knew why God created him. Back to that Calvin quote, if, if we're ignorant of the purpose for which God called us, we're fools. Mm-hmm. And we're madmen. We need to study the Scripture. And so much about God's will that I get asked as a pastor, you probably find this well, you know, um, it, w- w- what's God's will for me That's right. in this area and that area? And we can get to all of that. Uh, but but God's will is, is, is actually easier to find than we think. These call statements are the big rocks that need to go into the into the jar before anything else. I and and, and these passages called out of darkness, called to peace, called to be a servant of Jesus Christ, called upward and onward, called to remain. Uh, it, it just they they, it, they afford me some handrails to stay steady in life. Yes, those are really, there's a lot of topics in there, and if you're listening and you're interested, you can go to ktt.org, that's Know the Truth, ktt.org, and look for Take the Call, that series, and there's a whole lot of other teaching on there, including the current uh, teaching that doctor, I called you doctor again. Um, well, you did it. confer a doctor I on did me. confer it on you, it. Dr. Philip DeCourcy. <laughs> you will always be that now in this program. Um, and uh, so I encourage you, if you're listening, to go there. When we come back from the break, um, Philip, I'd love to, to just finish up with maybe some encouragement that you would have for people to to take a look at where their life is and where the world is now concerning all the things we've talked about and what's coming and to be encouraged to to follow Jesus, not simply because out of a routine of going to church or checking a box or whatever, but really living a life on purpose. Uh, for that, if you'd speak to that when we get back. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. My guest is Philip DeCourcy. We'll be back in just a couple of moments. Do not go away. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host today, and my guest is Philip DeCourcy, the senior pastor of Kindred Community Church in Anaheim Hills, California, and he is on this station every day on Know the Truth, the teaching ministry of Philip DeCourcy. Philip, we have, uh, I thank you for staying on uh, a little longer today and being on the whole hour. I think we could go on for a while. Um, there are so many things that actually are very exciting when we think about the the pr- prophetic stuff that we have talked about and what's happening in the world and also the desire that I think people have for being purposeful in the right things before the Lord, or hopefully they have that desire. And how would you say, how would you recommend to somebody who's just coming to your church, sitting in your pews, or going to the average church, who is saying, you know, I just, I understand that God has called me to live a holy life, and I understand that he has called me to put on the armor of God and all the stuff that they're hearing about. How would you encourage them to just take a look right now at where their calling is, where they are, where God has planted them right now. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to address that. Um, you know, a while ago I was listening, I think it was Fox News, and uh, Madeleine Albright told a story when she was going through, she was the Secretary of State, I think, at the time in the United States. She was going through Heathrow Airport, and the, the, security, the security team didn't really know who she was, and they searched her, and they detained her, and they went through her suitcase and her bags. And she got a little upset at this, Scott, and at one point she said to one of the 
security guards in London. Do you know who I am? Uh, to which he replied, no, but we've got people here who will help you with that. Um, I've always enjoyed that little story um, because I think you, you touched on it. We've touched on it. I think most human beings want to know who am I and why am I here? Yeah. And what am I meant to be doing? And that's why this series, you know, Take the Call resonated. And and I'd encourage your listeners to go to KTT.org and, and archive those. We've also got a book called The Called by God by Derek Tidball, a British expositor, that they can get if they call the uh, KTT.org and, and get that and study that. And, and one of the studies that come out, and this is maybe where we wrap up here, one of the studies that come out I think resonated most was first first Corinthians seven seventeen to twenty four because in that passage Scott Paul says three times to the Corinthians to remain God has called them to remain in chapter seven seventeen he says God has distributed to each one as the Lord has called each one so let him walk and 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 then he says in verse twenty let each one remain in the same calling in which he was called. Verse 24, brethren, let us each one remain with God in that state in which he was called. And Paul is saying, these are new believers. Many of them have come out of tremendously pagan, ungodly contacts. Some of them remain married to a non-Christian. And they had all kinds mm-hmm. of questions about, should I stay in my marriage? Um, what, 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 what spiritual state are my children in? Uh, what about my job, my life contacts? I love that. And it's actually quite simple. We're talking here about worldwide stuff. And that, that's hard to take in. And, and we kind of want to fix the world. Um, we, right. we can't. That's God's business. But we can, we can affect and influence and impact the world around us. And I would just, that would be my parting shot uh, to a new, a new believer, someone new at Kindred, or, or someone listening. Hey, it's not that God mightn't call you to do something more later or be something more. But wherever you were when God saved you, your job, your life context, as long as that's moral and not illegal, you should remain there until God makes it clear you should be doing something else. And, 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 yes. and I think that's a wonderful truth. I think there's this instinct, well, I'm just saved. I need to jump on a plane and become a missionary. I need to go to Bible college and study to be a pastor. Well, for some people, yes. For most of us, no. Yeah. You remain on your street, you remain in your neighborhood, and you live out your Christian life there. You love your neighbor. You do a good day's work. You stay on the right side of the law. You preach the gospel as opportunity allows it. You love your wife. You raise your children. That's what you ought to be doing in the last days. Not running to the top of the hill, not hoarding, not panicking, remaining where you are when God calls you. Here's a quote I'll finish with. I love it. Jim Elliott, wherever you are, be all there. Live to the help any situation you believe to be the will of God. That's what we ought to be doing in these last days. Wherever we are, let's be there fully in Christ for his glory. Amen? Amen. That is a really good word, and I think it's just so very practical is that wherever you are right now, that's where you're called to be. And you're called to be, to love the people in the name of Jesus that he has placed in your life. 
um, right now. That matters so, so well. Uh, Philip, uh, thank you very much for joining us on Southern California Live. It's a pleasure to talk with you today and uh, for, for being with us. And uh, any last words you want to leave for uh, the audience here? Yeah, I mean, maybe back to the prophecy um, and kind of turn into my yeah. last thought. Uh, one, one of the stories <laughs> I shared was Warren Mearsby, who I'm sure you read and most pastors love. He talks about a yes. time in his life where he decided, as it, with regards to prophecy and, and the second coming, to resign from the organizing committee and get on to the welcoming committee. And, and I think with huh. all this going on in our world, and we, you and I have talked about the prophetic, perhaps the prophetic significance of what's going on in Ukraine, it's just another, you know, evidence that we are living in prophetically significant times. But, but, but the call yes. is not for us to organize Jesus' coming, uh, to work out every right. detail. I want to be on the welcoming committee. I want to be ready when he comes. You know, be ready for in such an hour as you think not the Son of Man comes. If you're listening today and you're not a believer, you need to trust Christ. You need to get ready for his return so that you're not left behind to face the wrath of God and the rise of the Antichrist. And if you are a believer, you and I need to redeem the time, discover what the will of God is, and do it. Let's get off the organizing committee. Let's get on to the welcoming committee. Yes, very good word there. Philip, thank you very much for joining us, and uh, your preaching ministry is Know the Truth, and it is at KTT, as in Know the Truth, KTT.org, and you can go there right now, and you can listen to messages. You can learn more about uh, Philip DeCourcy, and uh, be encouraged by what you get on there. You can also follow him on social media, lots of ways that you can connect. Philip, thank you very much for uh, joining us, and uh, your doctoral certificate and your home game will be in the mail. Oh, he's gone. Oh, he left. Okay, he's he's gone. I'm waiting for Well, Well, he's gone. Okay. Well, uh, that will be in the mail uh, to him. We really appreciate his time here today. And you know what? That's good advice. I want to leave you with that if you're thinking about this. Uh, so many different things that your your ministry right now is wherever God has called you. I like to call the group of people that are in your relational world. In the New Testament, the word is oikos and or oikos or ekos, or there's different ways people pronounce it, but I'm going to say oikos. And your oikos is usually about eight to 15 people that you interact with on a regular basis, your family, your neighbors, the person living across the hall, your roommates, your classmates, your uh, co-workers, and if you find yourself in prison, it's your cellmates. It's wherever you find yourself. These people God has placed in your life for a reason, and you are there as an ambassador of Christ in the way you treat them, in the way you, you speak, in the way that you do life with them, and maybe you don't like them very much. Tough, God put them there for you to love in his name. Maybe they don't like you. That's also possible, and that's why we're called to love our enemies and to care for those people, even the people who persecute us, we're to pray for them. See, all of those things are what we are called to do wherever God has planted us. And I want to encourage you that way, to take what you learn from your church, from your Bible study, and apply it to your relationships with other people, because you're an ambassador of Christ right now. And he mentioned the non-believer. If you're not a believer— and I know that many listen to this program, uh, you're not, and you're listening because you're, you're interested or you're curious or you want something different than a lot of the other talk radio that's out there. You might be listening only because it's not your turn to drive in the carpool and whoever's driving has on KKLA or KPRZ, and you're forced to listen. 
The person in the office or cubicle next to you, they've got the radio on too loud. Well, there's a reason that you're hearing this message. Jesus is coming back, and he's either coming back at the second coming or the rapture, or he's coming when you uh, pass away and you go to meet him. You're going to meet the Lord, and you want to be ready for that. Your salvation is not based on whether or not you're a good person or you have perfect church attendance. You are saved because Jesus died on the cross for your sins. Your your spiritual angst, whatever guilt that you carry along, whatever desire you have to be good or to be perfect or whatever, the scriptures teach that you're never good enough. You'll never be good enough on your own. But they also teach that you don't have to be because Jesus was that in your place. And he died on the cross. And up there is where on that cross with Jesus is where you can put your angst, where you can put your desire to be um to earn salvation on your own and trust him that he died for you, that feeling that you have that something needs to be different, that you need to be significant. You're very significant. He died for you by name, and he invites you to be in his family, to become a child of God, to be adopted into the kingdom of God and to have purpose. He died and he rose again from the grave. He physically came up showing that death is defeated. And the way the Bible ends is death is defeated, sadness is defeated, disease is defeated, bad governments are defeated, bad philosophies are defeated. All the things that are corrupt are defeated by Jesus Christ and those who put their faith in him, who trust him, who believe that he died for your sins. You get to be with him forever. And see, and that means your best days are ahead of you no matter where you find yourself right now. And your calling is to love the Lord your God with your heart, mind, soul, and strength, to love your neighbor as yourself and to love people the way Jesus loved you, and to do that every single day. You can do that right where you are, right wherever God has planted you. I want to encourage you to do that. Once again, um, ktt.org is Philip DeCourcy's website, his ministry website, and you can check him out there. You can also learn more about this program. You can get the podcast of this program at KKLA or at kkla.com or kprz.com if you're listening in San Diego, and that's usually available here within a, a day or two if you want to get the program that you heard today. Thank you for listening today. I'm Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live. I'll be back with you tomorrow from three to five. God bless you.